The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Eturia and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Anas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Every year I find that I struggle a little bit more with the lessons for Advent. Uh, And I have to uh, confess that uh, sometimes it's really hard. And I couldn't figure out why. And finally, uh, last night, after struggling with this sermon, I finally realized that what had been troubling me is that I have always looked upon the Advent season, and as I read the Advent lessons, my focus had always been about preparation. That seemed to be kind of the theme that I was always bringing out and that I tended to have in my own head as I prepared in myself for Advent. But the thing that I heard in the lessons today that I think have moved me now into another place, thankfully, is to see in these lessons a wonderful uh, song of hope. And I call it a song because in much of what we heard this morning from Baruch and also from Luke, and what we'll hear in this Advent season are really poems, and it's really poetic language, putting before us images that lead us and direct us into hope. Those of you who attended the forum that just preceded this service heard a very strong, powerful message of love and of hope from Patch Adams. And his life really has been a message of hope. I believe that that is the message that's at the heart of the Advent gospel, the proclamation of the good news. The good news of Advent is that there is hope. A number of years ago, when I was serving the bishop in South Dakota, we... uh, it was announced to us that the bishop from one of the, of the dioceses in the Sudan was going to be visiting us. It was uh, Bishop Daniel Deng Bull, who now is the Archbishop of Sudan. Bishop Daniel was uh, a, a huge figure, still is, a man uh, greatly respected within the Sudanese community, no matter what tradition, whether Roman Catholic, uh, Pentecostal, or Episcopal. And the Anglicans, by the way, in the Sudan, call themselves Episcopalians. We, because of uh, Lutheran Social Services, which is headquartered in Sioux Falls, uh, the upper Midwest, and Sioux Falls in particular, had quite a number of Sudanese refugees. And the most recent arrivals while we were there 
were what were called the lost boys and perhaps more accurately lost children because there were also girls and young women who were among those who were lost who no longer had a home who were really not just refugees but abandoned and orphaned well bishop daniel was going to come and visit the sudanese community and he was bringing with him a small party of clergy we didn't know who they were i had no idea of any of those people but i happened to be at the cathedral the day that they were arriving and there was also a contingent of lost boys who were there that morning as well and now you can imagine that they were eager to see their bishop who had come all the way from the sudan to visit them but as the uh, bishop's party came to the entry of the cathedral all of a sudden the boys broke out in cheers and they ran and they ran right past the bishop <laughs> they ran to a priest who had been their priest in one of the refugee camps there were about 17,000 lost children and there were literally thousands in the refugee camp that this priest had served and as i talked with him he talked about how difficult the circumstances were keep in mind that the lost children literally had to escape the, uh, the, the, uh, the predator beasts who were looking for anyone that they could grab and eat. And they literally saw children taken by lions and consumed. These children had gone through so much. And when they got to the refugee camp, one of the signs of hope was that priest. That priest was hope for their salvation, temporal and spiritual. He ministered to them day and night. And they loved him. Well, I tell you that story because I think that it embodies some of what I am beginning to see in these lessons about the hope of Advent. And I think we hear it, especially from Baruch and from this lesson of Luke. Baruch is an obscure book. I, I'm not sure that it occurs any of that a reading from it occurs any other place in our Sunday cycle. It is a book that uh, is set in the time of the exile. And you'll recall that the Babylonians had overthrown uh, Judea and had destroyed Jerusalem. And if you can imagine having your homeland destroyed, but then worse than that, not all of the Jews were taken out of Jerusalem, but the elite, the educated, the leaders, the people who could make a difference were taken to Babylon in exile. This occurred about 600 BCE and they were there for 50 years and one can imagine that after being in exile for 50 years, one would give up hope. This book of Baruch in the part that we heard from today is a poem at the end of the book and it's uh, written from the perspective of Jerusalem looking toward Babylon, toward the exiles. Listen to this part of it again. Arise, O Jerusalem, stand upon the height, look toward the east, and see your children gathered from west and east at the word of the Holy One, rejoicing that God has remembered them. For they went out from you on foot, led away by their enemies, but God will bring them back to you, carried in glory, as on a royal throne. For God has ordered that every mountain and the, and the everlasting hills be made low and the valleys filled up to make level ground so that Israel may walk safely in the glory of God. What an incredible text of hope. 
to, to exiles who believed that they were going to forever be captives in Babylon. Now, I'm sure you heard also in that text an echo of what we hear from Isaiah that's quoted in today's uh, reading from the gospel. And in it, we hear a very clear statement of the mission of John the Baptist. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places shall be made smooth. John the Baptist's mission is embodied in those words from Isaiah. But again, they're words of hope that the valleys would be made smooth and the mountains would be brought down and the high places would be brought down so it would be easy to traverse for the one who is coming, always looking to the one who is coming. That was the mission of John the Baptist, to prepare the way. But I believe more important than thinking about the preparation is the hope that's embodied in that. The only reason to prepare is because we have great hope that the one would come who would save us. Baruch addresses a time which, if you stop and think about it, must have been just devastating for those who wish to be back in Jerusalem. And he makes that great statement of hope. But also, if you think about the book of Luke, we believe that Luke was written sometime after the destruction of the temple in 70 of the Common Era. That destruction must have been just devastating for the people of Israel. The temple was such an amazing building. It was considered perhaps one of the most beautiful buildings on earth. It was huge. And the stones that made up that temple were enormous. And yet, every stone, except for the West Wall, every stone of that building was brought down. And those of you who have read Josephus, who have heard about it, know that there were crucifixions all around that city, that there was tremendous devastation. So for Jews and for Christians to whom Luke was writing, it must have been a time of great desperation, wondering if they could ever return, if they would ever be able to go back, wondering if there really was any salvation for them. And Luke raises up before them a diptych, two panels. The one panel is the birth of John the Baptist. And I hope you take the time to, to really take out Luke and read through those first couple of chapters. Beautiful description of the birth of John the Baptist and also the birth of Jesus. Those two are held up to the people and they're held up in the midst of great hope. Something wonderful was going to happen to God's people. And perhaps there's no greater statement of that hope than in the Magnificat. Listen to these words from the Magnificat. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel. For he has remembered his promise of mercy. The promise he made to our fathers. To Abraham and his children forever. What a declaration of hope. To those who were living under the oppression of Rome. 
who had been tortured, who had seen their homes and had seen their temple destroyed. To them, he was offering hope that that system would be turned on its head and the power of Rome was not more powerful than the power of God and that the promises of God would be fulfilled that God would not forget God's people ever. I think that it's sometimes very hard for us to imagine how we in our own time can find hope. We live in a time where it would be easy to be desperate, to feel a sense of loss of the presence of God. We live in a time of seemingly endless war, war after war after war. We live in a time when even though we have all of the benefit of modern medicine, we yet see our loved ones dying and suffering because of disease. We live in a time because of the greed of some. There are many who can't even count on the retirement they had counted on for, for years and years. People who had lived faithfully did everything they thought needed to be done to secure a reasonable future. Lost. We live in a time when it would be easy to give up. It would be easy to say, God is far from us. But the message of Advent is that there is hope. There's a, a wonderful Lutheran pastor and commentator that I often refer to, Brian Stoppergan. And Brian says this, we don't live in a perfect world. There are still wars. There are still diseases. There are still rough roads to travel. But we don't look to the world to see God's salvation. We look to Jesus. Jesus present in the scriptures. Jesus in the manger. Jesus on the cross. Jesus present in the sacraments. Jesus present in our coming together in his name. Jesus present in the life of his followers. Jesus present and eating with sinners. Jesus present eating with you and me at this holy table. We celebrate this Advent season as a time of hope. And in thanksgiving that Emmanuel, God with us, is truly with us. May we find hope in knowing that Jesus the Christ comes to set us free. Free from the bondage of despair. Free from the sin that drags us down. Free, free to be God's people. Amen.